I got the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost got me. I got the Holy Ghost, so honey, stop playing with me. (laughs) What is up, y'all? Welcome to the Stop Playing With Me podcast. My name is Kirsten S. Lewis, and my co-host, huh, is the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Over around here in these parts and these streets, we are advocating for the underdog in ourselves. All 2023, we are focusing on rebuilding confidence in these streets. Too many things have robbed us from our ability of being confident in ourselves and walking boldly in the call that God has given us to begin with. Like, you know what I'm saying? This life has really muddied our image of ourselves. And so whenever we look in the mirror trying to look for the image of God, we see what people have said. And so my agenda, honestly, with this podcast is to get rid of that muddy mirror so I can see me in the way that God sees me so that I can live confidently through my confidence in him. Once again, my name is Kirsten S. Lewis, and my best friend over here, the Holy Ghost, he might pop in, he may pop out, honey, he may show out. You just don't know what the Holy Ghost going to do, but he's always going to help. <laughs> That's all I know. He always going to help. Now, if you have not subscribed to the podcast already, you already know what it is and what it ain't. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button, friend. Hit the download button. And I already told my friends, like, you know, from the first episode, if we can cross a thousand subscribers and a thousand downloads, I'm dropping the visuals. Like, I know y'all hear this voice and everything. And like, you know, it's all cool and everything. Like, you know, you riding to work and you feeling it, you grooving. But, you know, if you want to like get a little glimpse of my nuances, a little my personality or whatever, I'm pretty sure Anywhere I have gone where people have wanted to have a deeper relationship with me, they're just like, it's something about her. It's just something about her. I just really want to get to know her a little bit more. This is your chance. Go ahead and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and subscribe. Let's just go ahead and get this party rolling. So now that we have gotten formalities out the way, today, man, oh, it's just loaded. It's just so loaded. We're going to be talking about if my heart was my home. Who? It's loaded because you know what I'm saying? It's so many ways that we can dissect this, you know, and as like I'm walking y'all through this and kind of giving y'all my thoughts on it because the Lord showed me this like a, a couple months ago and I brought it up to a few friends and every single time they were just like, I didn't even see it like that. That's so good. I'm going to use that from now on because it's now serving as a model of how we navigate our relationships. There are specific rooms in our hearts that are calibrated and meant for specific people. And if we are not careful, we will put people in places where they should have never been. I ain't going to hold y'all. There were people that I put in my bedroom that should have left their tail out on the porch. I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all. I have made some poor choices. But I'm rebuilding my confidence now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, like I said, this is the uh, episode. It's called If My Home was my heart or if my heart was my home either way you you dice it it's um I feel like it'll be beneficial so if y'all want to spark the conversation or continue the conversation leave a comment dm me I am not a brother approach if there's anything that y'all even see like you know biblically that could even stand stronger in what I'm speaking 
Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Big facts. Let's talk about it. I'm a huge conversationalist and I love people. So let's do it. All right. So in the home of your heart, there are specifically five rooms that you experience or five spaces that you experience every time you walk into your friend's house, your own house. There's always these five spaces that you just can't miss, right? The first space is your porch. And I like to call it the porch of your personality. However you dress your house up, however you decorate your house in the front, that is considered your personality. So, you know what I'm saying? If you got a good sense of humor that's hanging from the from the shutters, if you got like, you know, uh, a really, really charming personality, honey, that's that's draping down the little pillars on the little porch area. Like you decorate it up with your good looks and your smile and your uh, figure and uh, all of these like intricate pieces of yourself that just makes your personality what it is that makes you outgoing that makes you just like you know this fun loving individual and that's the first thing that people see that's the first impression of the home of your heart so when people look at the face of your heart they see your personality and so when you know Betty and and Sue and Nancy and them Jeffrey and uh Garfield, I don't know, when they walking down the street and they see you, like, you know, in the personality of your home and they're waving, it's like, it's something about them. Their heart is really pretty. Their personality is really amazing. And people that see from the outside looking in, they are curious. And that is the stage of them inquiring, wanting to inquire more about who you are. But sometimes when God is really trying, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sometimes when God is really trying to allow people into the spaces of our homes, we leave them on the porch of our personality. That sounds like somebody I know. It's me. But we leave them on the porch of our personality because it's a lot easier to deal with folks when we can just close them off and keep them where we can keep them, where it's safe, where it's shallow and where it's secure. Right. So that is the first space. Now, if you stumble across somebody that then sat here and, you know, digs your personality and decides that they want to get to know you more, they want to inquire so much more of you and you feel safe and you feel comfortable and more so you feel like, you know, that this is something that can be built upon. Right. The next space is the living room. And I like to call it the museum of your memories because anytime you was at Big Mama house, you was at my dear house, in that den area, that living room area, you would always see some type of pictures, trophies, uh, just memorandums and mementos of whatever of what the family has accomplished. It's just this beautiful assortment of just museum items of memories that you've accomplished over time but in the same breath those memories could also be triggers they can also be traumas and so when we allow people into that living room space that museum of our memories that means we're giving people access to our past as well as our present and the whole reason is why we allow people into our living room is because we trust people or we or we believe that people are capable, right? That's the goal is that we discern and we believe that people are capable enough of caring for our past, caring for our memories. Like imagine literally being in a museum 
and you see like, you know, these little trinkets and these vessels and these delicate items like all on top of pillars and stuff. And usually there's glass, like plexiglass and stuff that's like surrounded by it. So like you can't touch it and you don't want to devalue it. Right. That is literally your living room. The, these are points in your life and in your past and just in 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 general where you kind of keep on display as a reminder and you show people your scars, you show people your accomplishments, but you're not quite sure, like, if this person touches this, if I put this heirloom in this person's hand, are they going to break it? Are they going to mismanage it? Are they going to mismanage it? Are they going to steal it? Are they going to, like, you know, try to swap it for something that's a counterfeit? It could be so many things that people in general could do knowingly and unknowingly but that space in your house is basically allowing people into your memories allowing people to experience your triggers and trusting even more so trusting them to carry what you often felt was burden burdensome for you right so that is the museum of your memories now if they have made it past the museum of your memories. If these people were solid, they saw your triggers, they saw your trauma, they saw your past and was like, that stuff don't faze me. I love you. I still love you. I still want to like, you know, inquire of you. And this isn't just about romantic relationships. This is about platonic relationships too, family relationships, all that. Whatever relationships you're trying to build in general, those people are going to have to learn how to navigate these spaces in your heart or just be left or just be left where they at, whether it be on the porch, in the living room, in the kitchen, wherever they at, because it always progresses. So speaking of progression, that goes to um, the next space, which is your kitchen, the kitchen of your creativity. Whoo, the kitchen of your creativity. This is where you cook it up, honey. Listen, I'm. this is just what it is. It's where you cook it up. Whatever your talent is, whatever your ability is that's unlike anybody else, wherever you are the most gifted and the most creative, the kitchen is where you're going to cook it up. It's where you're going, it's where your production happens. It's where you literally make something out of nothing and can't nobody do you like you in that kitchen. We already know how grandma be throwing down in the kitchen. Can't nobody cook like grandma, right? So can't nobody cook like, insert your name here in your kitchen of creativity and if we're not careful we will allow people into the kitchen of our creativity that only wants to eat at the table but nobody came over early to help you prep the ingredients nobody helped you stir the pot you know what i'm saying or even more so when they partook in the product of your creativity nobody helped you wash the dishes afterwards nobody helped you nobody helped you break down after the event nobody helped you like you know clean up after the session nobody helped you you know figure out the mechanisms of whatever it is your gift is nobody nobody decided to pitch in they took more than they contributed I'm, I'm learning that even in some relationships, I love my friends. Let's not get that twisted. But I had to communicate at one point because I was so passionate about what I do. I'm a multimedia producer. And so anything revolving around media, editing, video production, um, social media campaigning, marketing, it is literally, I love it with all my heart because it, 
it is like a creative outlet that pays me. Amen. Praise God. And my friends see that and they value that. And I'll never forget this one time. Uh, I was jumpstarting my friend's podcast. We rebranded it and everything. And it was amazing. We had such a dope time. We used the resources that we had at the, at the most affordable uh, way that we could all do it. And it came out so dope. And I was so happy for her and about it. And as a way of leveraging my creative, you know, my creative nature, I made like a promo. I made an edit. I was like, this is so dope. This is so cool. This is like a form of self-care for me. I'm cooking it up in my kitchen. And for the sake of the analogy, my friends kind of saw the promo and was like, oh, yeah, I want one of those. Yeah, you, 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 go, you go ahead, give me one of those. And, you know, they came to the table. And, of course, me, be like, those are my friends. Like, I, yeah, I got y'all. And I cooked up some more. I cooked up some more for them um, so they can eat of their own, you know, product of mine, right? And they loved it for sure. But I had to communicate afterwards that it just felt like I was being taken advantage of because I, because nothing was contributed to this. I feel like I gave a lot of myself with nothing in return and I felt depleted and unappreciated. And that's true. That's honesty. That was me being honest. And if anybody else can be honest, please drop it in the comments, drop it in the chat, DM me. Like if somebody, if there was a chance, I mean, if there was a time in your life where you have been felt, where you have felt taken advantage of or not considered in a certain area in your life. And you just like, and you just had to tell it like it was because we're not holding that in in 2023. We're being honest and you have to trust those friendships that you have allowed in your life to be able to hold that information and do with it what they will and trust that if they were meant to stay in your life after the information was delivered, then so be it. But the conversation need to be had. But yes, that's the kitchen of your creativity. And if we are not careful, we will have people sitting at our table and eating of our creativity, eating of our fruit that did not do anything to contribute to the production nor the breakdown or the cleaning up or the decom decompressing or the detoxing of this whole event, this whole kitchen experience, right? So that's the kitchen of your creativity. Now going on to your bathroom. Now, I don't think I came up with, oh, the bathroom of your body. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> the bathroom of your body. And I thought it was um, only befitting because the bathroom more so encompasses the parts of you physically that no one ever sees. The parts of you physically that people rarely see, um, just to kind of be more general. So, when we talk about our physical features, if there's a dimple on your right thigh that you think is cute versus this mole on your uh, left collarbone that looks a little weird from time to time, there are a lot of things about your physical appearance that sometimes either makes you insecure or make you feel as confident as all get out. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna hold y'all. I got an hourglass shape. It kind of is what it is. And I thank Jesus for that but he sure made sure that I ain't have nothing up top he made sure of that because I would have been out in these streets I told my friend that the other day I'll be out in these streets 
and I'll be nowhere near God. And he knew. <laughs> and he knew. <laughs> so he had to he had to humble me. He had to humble me. He had to give me half. But um there's a lot of things that I love about myself. And there are a lot of things that I don't necessarily like about myself, like physically, right? And so that's the bathroom of your body. You're you are getting to know yourself physically in a in a space where most people won't get a chance to. Now, this is where it gets a little sticky. Because some people we allow into those spaces. Like my best friend from uh Alabama, my best friend, she might as well be in my bedroom with how many years that we've known each other and how um, much we know about each other. But all of the things that I know about me, my physical appearance, all that, all the insecurities, all the things that I love about myself, she knows about, right? So when we allow people into those spaces, into the bathroom of our body, we're basically giving people access to have a say, uh-oh, to have a say in our confidence level concerning our physical appearance. You know what I'm saying? If you already know you fine and can't nobody tell you you fine, if somebody else comes into your bathroom and, you know, says like, you know, I don't think I like this sweater on you. And all of a sudden, because you let somebody into that intimate space, now you question it. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it looked nice. Stephanie gave me that sweater. And then it causes confusion in your own heart because what you thought you were pleased with, you let the wrong person in. And now you out here questioning it. So it's super important that when you let people into the bathroom of your body, that they're doing nothing short of empowering you. I don't care if you got six rolls and a bad ankle. Find somebody that's in your corner that can advocate and encourage and empower you. Wherever you are, we are all on our own little journey of what we want our physical fitness and health journey and wellness journey to look like. But get you somebody in your corner that's saying, like, you are not ugly. Now, there are some lifestyle choices that we can work together to accommodate so we can get you to, to you know, last a little bit longer in this vessel that the Lord is giving you. But I am not here to tear you down. I'm here to build you up. You know what I'm saying? It goes both ways. And so that's the bathroom of your body, right? And here's the last one. Here's the last one. Whew. Everybody take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. The very last space in the home of your heart is the bedroom of your belief system. The bedroom of your belief system is literally where your core is so if we want to talk about the body one but the inner workings of a man or woman that is where your bedroom that's where that's what's going to be in your bedroom how do you think what is in your soul what what drives your heart what drives your motives what steers your vision like you know what i'm saying what controls your emotions what place do you go to when you go to the bedroom of your belief systems, it's also about like, you know, religion. What do you believe in? What, who do you believe in? What do you believe about yourself? It is all about your belief. 
What do you believe when you go in your bedroom when ain't nobody around and that door is closed and you are only with your thoughts? What do you believe? Do you believe you're incapable? Do you believe you're, you're smart? Do you believe you're stupid? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in something else? <laughs> what, what do you believe in? Do you believe that you will own a Fortune 500 company of your own one day? Or do you believe you'll always be in poverty? The bedroom is all about what you believe. It's the inner workings of who you are. And it fuels everything else that happens in that house. If you don't make it out that bedroom, nothing else in your house is going to work. Nothing else in your living circumstance is going to sustain itself on its own. That kitchen is not going to get clean. The, that museum of your memories is not going to be is not going to be uh, up kept up. You know, the bathroom is always going to be looking crazy. It all starts in that bedroom of your belief system. What do you believe? What do you believe about yourself? And so when I think about all of the relationships in my life, I did a solid evaluation. I still do it every now and then just to make sure that I'm keeping people in their proper places because it gives me proper perspective of what to expect from them when it comes to navigating our friendships. If I know that you are only here in my life because you value what I do professionally in my creative journey, then you can by far come come in the kitchen. That means we don't have to worry about you. We don't have to worry about you digging around in my trauma. You know, we don't have to worry about you digging around in my past. You just want to eat of the fruit of my creativity, and that's perfectly fine. You know what I'm saying? There's some, and there are some people that, you know, just wants to get all the way up in my bathroom. You know what I'm saying? That just wants to get all the way up in my bathroom and says, like, you know, I just want to partner with you on your physical fitness journey. I want to partner with you on your health and wellness journey. Like you don't like you don't have to show me your you don't have to show me your past. Like, you know, I don't even have to be fully invested in your creativity and your professional journey. And I don't even, you know, I don't even care about what you believe in. I just want to partner with you in this. You know what I'm saying? It gives you aspects. It gives you it gives you a good idea. Thank you. Holy Spirit. It gives you a good idea of where to keep people placed in your life. And just because some people are not calibrated to share every room of your house with you, it doesn't mean that they're not meant to be there. But that was my two cents about it. I really want to challenge y'all. If this has helped y'all, if this was a um, easy to understand analogy when it comes to relationships, I really want y'all to like, you know, if y'all need a piece of paper or something to think of it as a house and literally go through your whole friend list and say, okay, so. Tiffany is just going to have, she, now she know a lot about me and she, you know, she influences a lot of stuff, but I don't think she, I don't think she go past, I don't think she can go past the kitchen. She supports me in my professional career journey, but I don't think she can go anywhere past the kitchen. I don't think she can hold water. So I'm gonna just leave her over there. <laughs> or John over here, he is super sweet. He is super handsome. And I just, I really enjoy his company, but I only think he's, I think, I honestly think he's only capable of caring for my memories, caring for my trauma. I'm not quite sure I trust him enough to avail my insecurities about my body or even open myself up to him about what it is that I believe. Or I don't even think he would be invested in my creative journey, my creative juices. I don't think he would like what it is that I do or he would like care about what I do. So I'll just leave him 
here, right? It just gives you a whole lot more to think about when you compartmentalize it rather than just saying, oh, I like them and it's just something about them and I'm going to give them all of me and see what happens. That is a setup. (laughs) It is a setup, y'all. And then we're like, you know, crying and like bent over in tears and just broken hearted a few days, few weeks, few months later because we thought somebody would be something to us from the jump that they never said that they were willing to sign up for. So do your due diligence. No, for real. Do your due diligence. If this helped you, go ahead and try it out and tell me what you think. Tell me how it has impacted your view on your friendships. And, you know, if you had to cut some folks off, if you had to take some folks and put them out on the porch, that's all right. That's all right. They're going to have to start over. It's okay. They're going to have to build trust. It's all right. That's how you want to live your life. And that's, you know, it is what it is. But I love y'all. Once again, y'all, please. Send me some DMs. Tell me how y'all, um, how it has affected y'all, if it has improved, like, you know, your relational journey. And I think that's it. Holy Ghost, you got something? Oh. Oh, that was so sweet. Uh, well, the word of the Lord declares, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you faint not. So if ever you feel discouraged in this journey, right, of building your confidence, but also getting into a space of reestablishing your relationships, and it can be a bit discouraging because maybe you only had two friends and now you had to kick them both out. It can be devastating. It can be hurtful. It can be harmful and it can feel lonely. But the Lord is encouraging you now to say, do not grow weary in well-doing for in due season you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. It's going to work out just fine, friend. Once again, my name is Kirsten S. Lewis. You can follow me on Instagram at kirsten.s.lewis. And you can follow the potty at Stop Playing With Me Podcast on Instagram. And you can follow the Holy Ghost at the cross. <laughs> All right, I'll catch y'all later. Bye.